Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Portland's Afternoon News here on FM News 101 KXL. I'm Tim Lance. Our top story this hour, now that we know the COVID Omicron virus is in the United States, what changes are we going to see? KXL's Grant Mackill has the latest. Washington State epidemiologist Dr. Scott Lindquist says the new variant doesn't appear to be more deadly, but it is more infectious. The big question I have about this is how effective are the vaccines going to be? And we don't know that information yet. How effective will the antiviral medicines that are just coming on the market right now? And how are monoclonal antibodies going to be against this? And he says even with so many unknowns, the response remains the same. I don't think our, or certainly not my response, is going to change whether it's Omicron or not. We know what to do. We need to do it now. Grant McHill, FM News 101. But at least 99 state workers in Oregon now have been fired for not getting vaccinated against COVID. Governor Brown's deadline for most state workers to get a shot was yesterday. The Department of Administrative Services, though, reports nearly 85% of state workers are vaccinated and 12% got an exemption they asked for. Multiple legal challenges to the mandate have been rejected. Oregon's housing agency is putting a pause on applications for pandemic-related rent assistance as of midnight tonight. Can state lawmakers fill the gap until more funding is available? KXL's Mike Turner's following that story. The governor has called a special session on December 13th to prevent evictions in the state. But until then, the director of Oregon Housing and Community Services says applications are on pause. We are pausing application intake because of funding. Just to be crystal clear, we do not have sufficient funds available for this program to continue receiving applications. Margaret Salazar says the special legislative session can help in a couple of ways. Not only are they looking at extending the time period for folks that have applied for rental assistance, but that they're also thinking about all those Oregonians who have not yet been able to apply. She says the state pumped out more than 65 percent of the federal funding before September 30th and was one of only a handful of states to do so. Mike Turner, FM News 101. And it's 4.05 now on FM News 101 KXL. Oregon Congressman Peter DeFazio says he's retiring after his term ends next year. And he adds, quote, it's time for me to pass the baton to the next generation so I can focus on my health and well-being. DeFazio was first elected to Oregon's 4th Congressional District as a Democrat in 1987. He currently serves as the chair of the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. A Northwest-based tech giant is taking steps to get more serious about sexual harassment cases. KXL's Brett Recamp has more on what Microsoft is doing. This starts with transparency and a promise to release more information about claims of harassment. 51 were filed last year, over 140 the year before the pandemic. KXL tech expert Brian Westbrook says a big meeting went down and there was not much pushback on this issue. 78% of shareholders at yesterday's meeting voted in favor of a resolution. It's a little bit rare for shareholders to get together and agree on something. Three other resolutions were denied at the same 
board meeting, including a halt of sale of facial recognition technology to government entities. Brian says other big tech companies will surely follow suit. He says part of this is about Microsoft's bottom line and about attracting and retaining the best talent. Brett Recamp, FM News 101. And this note, too, this morning's death of a man and a woman on Highway 26 near Banks now has been ruled a murder-suicide. Around 3.30 this morning, one of our deputies came across a vehicle on the side of the road. Inside, we found two adults deceased. Deputy Brian Van Cleef with the Washington County Sheriff's Office also says the couple from Beaverton are identified as 46-year-old Alejandro Gomez Blanco and 44-year-old Yolando Constantino. Well, budgeting issues now surround the plans to get the Burnside Bridge earthquake ready. KXL's Annette Newell reports planners are asking for your two cents on how to cut hundreds of millions of dollars in costs. Experts say there's a one in three chance of a magnitude eight plus earthquake within 50 years affecting Oregon and Washington. We're trying to make sure that this region has at least one Willamette River Bridge in Portland and the central city specifically that will be ready for the big earthquake. Multnomah County's Mike Pullen says that's why local leaders want to make the Burnside Bridge a lifeline for emergency response and recovery. Trouble is they have to now find ways to cut costs because voters did not approve a 2020 regional transportation bond, add in competition from other projects and pandemic inflation, and now the county's asking people to submit answers to questions about the best ways to save money on the project. So far, more than 700 people have taken the survey, which is open through December 14th. Annette Newell, FM News 101. And I'm Tim Lance here on Portland's Afternoon News. It's 410 on FM News 101 KXL. And coming up at 416, death from above, a pet lover's worst nightmare coming true. It just happened so fast, and then I I honestly thought he had gotten her. Then it's the five things you need to know today. That's at 419. And coming in at number one on the list, the first confirmed case of the COVID Omicron variant and what health officials are now saying about that. Stay connected to Portland's Afternoon News here on FM News 101 KXL. Welcome back. Glad to have you here. I'm Tim Lance on Portland's Afternoon News, FM News 101, KXL. You know, if you've got a smaller pet, this story actually might have you wondering if you should ever let them outside by themselves again. KHOU-TV reporter Janelle Blutha shares a story about a close call with a hawk that has one Texas family holding on to their pet chihuahua just a little bit tighter. Little Lola is cute, cuddly, and very curious. But that little pup's young life was almost cut short last week. I didn't even see it until it was already right on top of her. That's how fast it happened. There she is outside in the front yard. There was nothing I could have done to stop it because I didn't see it until it was already, she would have already been gone. When a red-tailed hawk suddenly swooped in and tried to grab her. It felt like he was right there and just, it was so fast. It just happened so fast and then I I honestly thought he had gotten her. Luckily, mom was just a few feet away. You know, I've got a couple of smaller dogs who weigh, I don't know, maybe 15 pounds uh, a piece. Zachary Barnes in the newsroom and Jeremy's over in the traffic center. You guys, have you ever had an experience like that? I, I don't want to talk about it, actually. I have had a dog. Really? One. Wow. A very small dog. Oh. I should have said no to this conversation. PTSD <laughs> coming in. Sorry about that, dude. Second yeah. day in a row. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, and I tell you what, I've never seen a hawk come after uh, a dog or a cat, but I know my neighbor 
actually was talking. We had down in Northern California when I was living down there. The neighbor, we have a shared fence line, and they saw a bobcat actually working its way down the fence line, checking out the backyards. Maybe there's (laughs) something. They know where the animals go. Yeah. Maybe there's something to feeding the birds, keeping them happy. Yeah. Well. Time now for the five things that you need to know today. Number five. Alec Baldwin is telling ABC News, quote, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. That's in his first interview since the fatal shooting of a crew member on set of his movie, Rust. No, 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 no. I I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them. Never. The interview airs tomorrow night on ABC. It's also going to be streamed on Hulu. Number four. A Philadelphia area district attorney wants to reinstate Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction. Cosby was released from prison because a decision not to prosecute him in 2005 should have prevented charges from being filed against him in 2015. Variety is reporting that DA Kevin Steele is petitioning the U.S. Supreme Court, citing the Constitution's due process clause. Number three. You got an overdue bill of some sort? New federal regulations now allow debt collectors to contact you via social media accounts. The debt collection rule allows them to direct message you on Facebook and Twitter in their effort to track down any unpaid bill. Number two. Police say the 15-year-old accused in yesterday's deadly Michigan high school shooting made a video the night before. In it, he talked about his plans to kill classmates. Ethan Crumbly is facing charges for killing four students and injuring seven other people at Oxford High School, which is north of Detroit. Those charges include first-degree murder and terrorism, and now we're told his parents may also face charges. Number one. California today becoming the first state to report a case of the new COVID Omicron variant. State Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Mark Galley. This was in a traveler. This was in somebody who was in South Africa. Meantime, in South Africa, where they first confirmed the variant's existence, the doctor who made that announcement said the world is overreacting with actions like travel bans. And those are the five things that you need to know today.